Reed's Ranch is proud to partner with Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm to get pulled over for DUI. Don't say guilty. Say Garza. Marcos Garza and his team will do anything in their power to get the best result possible for your case. As East Tennessee's premier DUI defense lawyer, he's an expert on the subject. If you find yourself in trouble, if a friend of yours finds himself in trouble, do the smart thing. Don't say guilty. Say Garza. Also handles personal injury and criminal defense. Garzalaw.com, 865-540-8300. Marcos Garza and the Garza Law Firm. Let's get to today's show. I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. But I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on this point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch coming at you live Wednesday, January 29th. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, Seth? Not much, John. It's good to be here. It's good to be with you again. Seems like during basketball season we have settled into a Wednesday night schedule, pretty much midweek schedule after after Tennessee's second game. And buddy, uh, Tennessee sucks at basketball right now. Yeah, I mean I'm getting that itch, and y'all know what itch I'm talking about. I'm getting that itch to fire somebody. I mean, last night I only got to watch the second half because um, I was out in the field. Well, the first half was pretty similar. Till about 6 p.m. I mean, it, re- it it really was a direct mirror of the first half because Tennessee got out to an early lead in the game, blew it, much like they got out to an early lead in the second half and blew it. And then Texas A&M overtakes you at the very end of the half to uh, get a lead. And that's pretty much what happened in the second half last night. I, the box score. Oh, yeah. And oh, by the way, you couldn't rebound in either one. The box score is laughable, right? I mean, it's laughable. It was pretty embarrassing. You, you should you should really be embarrassed if you are uh, a fan of Tennessee basketball, if you're a coach of Tennessee basketball, if you're a player. Like that was a abysmal performance. It was pretty disgusting, and it's uh, I can't really remember Barnes' first year that well. It seems like that might have been the worst loss in the Barnes era. I went through and I looked at a couple, and you know I remember the Auburn loss. In year three, the second game of SEC play, yeah, they came in here and dropped 94 on us and pushed us around with an undersized team. Mm-hmm. Like, we couldn't get a rebound in that game either with Admiral Grant and Kyle Alexander. And then, of course, you know, you add Bruce into it, and that made it worse. And in year two, we lost the first game of the season to Chattanooga. Huh. I do not remember that at all. Me neither, because you actually kind of rallied and started playing good in year two halfway through the year. But, yeah, you open the season with a loss to Chattanooga. At the end, of, I do remember at the end of January in year two, we were going to make the tournament. Like, we were in. in we were bubble watching. We were, we were right there. We were right there on the we – right And there. then it was just a collapse. Um, it was the most – But there wasn't really any embarrassing losses in the collapse that I could remember. You know, if I went back and looked, there might be some bad teams we lost to, but we didn't lose to the bottom feeders. We didn't – Lose any games as 10-point favorites, to the best of my uh, knowledge. Yeah, I mean, last night last night was the most disgusted I had been since we lost to thir- lost by 30 to Alabama a couple years ago. And that Alabama team made the NCAA tournament and had a lottery pick at point guard. Yeah, like there's been some no-shows, like, you know, even the Georgia game this year. but in- And you're going to have some no-shows every once in a while, like... In both of those, the Alabama and the Georgia game, like we were either underdogs or maybe slight favorites. I don't remember what we were at Alabama. I would assume we were underdogs in both because, you know, we were underdogs at Georgia by like three points. So you got your ass kicked, but you were 10-point favorites. 
last night, and you just looked like you didn't care. It's frustrating because now you have absolutely no wiggle room, and I don't blame anybody who has gave up on the season. Like if you if you have given up on the season, I don't blame you. I'm gonna ride it out a couple more games, see if they can turn it around, see if there's any magic. Uh, because the good news is Tennessee has a bunch of opportunities for big wins. Yeah, it's like going yesterday, going into the game, like Torvik had us as the like the second to last team in. Lenardi had us as one of the first four out. I think maybe it was like the the very first of the next four out. Like we were right there on the line, and you had all these games coming up where Tennessee was going to be able to easily put themselves in where they to win. And so, I kind of felt like if this team just made the tournament, then that would be good enough. Like, I would be okay with it. I would be cool with it after losing Lamonte, Jordan Bowden just being such a head case, and uh, Josiah James not being nearly as good as he, as he was billed to be. And then you just go in there and you just lay that egg last night after playing really well on the road the, the weekend prior. Um. Kilby says you blew a 20-point lead. Yes, we did. We did. It was on a Saturday in late January. Okay, I had blocked that one out. That would be an embarrassing loss. That would be probably the worst one. It was bad. Um, but at least they had the Weatherspoon brothers, one of whom plays in the NBA. Does A&M have anybody? Does not appear. I mean, not, I, I not, could, not that I know of. I mean, I think Buzz Williams is a good coach. I, yes, I've been a, I've been a Buzz Williams fan for a long time. I'm a little disappointed that... He went from bald to now he has hair. I don't really like that as a bald man, but whatever. If you can grow it, grow it. If you can't afford to get transplants, get transplants. Whatever you want to do, Buzz. But outside of that, I like Buzz Williams. I don't really know what he's doing with the, the vest. Yeah, I don't I remember that vest. being a thing at Marquette. Like he seemed like a, he seemed just kind of like a hard-headed guy, like a hard-nosed guy. Not hard-headed, hard-nosed guy at Marquette. You know, wore a dress shirt and a tie and looked like he could kick your ass, and now – now he's looking like he's trying to be on GQ or something. So I don't necessarily like that term by Buzz Williams, but I appreciate him rocking the Pat Summit shirt after the game. Like he seems like a good guy. He he seems like a very good guy. He also, um, I don't know if you remember this, he gave the world's longest prayer in the locker room last year after they lost to Duke in the NCAA tournament. If you're bored tonight and can't sleep, Google Buzz Williams' prayer, Virginia Tech Duke. He prayed for like, seemingly 10 minutes long and was thanking God and talking about how some of his players were going to be like a Fortune 500 CEO. It was an all-time classic prayer. He seems like an awesome dude. That being said, this Texas A&M team lost to Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders. They suck bad. And we somehow lost to them. I guess... Um, they've been playing a little bit better. They I mean, have been, been playing better. They have been playing better. And they looked like a team. I mean, you saw some some signs early in that game that they were locked in, and they're over on the sideline, and Buzz was clapping at every defensive stop, and like they're they were fired up and into it. Like they came in to beat us and get their. I don't want to call us a signature win. We're not a signature win by any means, but you know there was a time that opponents were scared of coming into Thompson Bowling. There was a time when people looked at that and said, "Oh, this is trouble." Not so much this year. But you saw Buzz fire his guys up, and I was a little jealous that they had a guy like that over on the sideline. Um, the good news is, in the last 81 minutes of play, Vescovi has four turnovers. Okay. So I thought you were going to – okay, that's pretty good. So he went from having – he had five on the Saturday against Vandy in 25 minutes to 37 minutes last night, two turnovers, 32 minutes against Kansas, zero – 22 against Ole Miss and two turnovers. He seems to have turned the corner with the turnovers. He had six assists last night. Yeah, he still got bitched at by Barnes. I don't know if you saw that after the game. No, I didn't. I uh, Barnes said he was getting into the offense too slow. Okay. Like, out of I, everything that was going wrong with the team last night, I don't think I would have said Santiago is getting into the offense too late. He's too slow getting into the offense. I, I don't think that was the issue. I think it was that... Our bench scored three points, which bumped their total up to four over the last two games of basketball. We have four bench points the last 80 minutes of basketball, and we got out-rebounded. They had more offensive rebounds than we had total rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the problem, not Santiago getting into the offense too slow. Yeah, I don't think the issue, Rick, is the guy who 
got to America like 29 days ago and just went 37 minutes, went, went 32 minutes against Kansas with zero turnovers, uh, I don't think he's the issue. Like, I think he actually looks pretty good with the ball in his hands. Like, I think he can make some good passes. He's a very good free throw shooter. He looks like a really good four-year player to me. Hell, Rick, he looks a whole lot better than any of the other freshmen that you signed in this class. We'll put it like that. I'd still take Josiah, but it's close. Like, he he, he, he looks like he has better basketball, a better feel for basketball than Josiah sometimes. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Josiah is not going to stay four years. Sure, sure. Everyone else, you are right. Like, Vescovi is, is your second best freshman for sure. And I f- totally forgot about Josiah. I was just thinking of Pember Gaines and yeah. Plavsic. Plavsic, I mean, he's played six minutes the last three games. We should have just left him canceled. We should have just left him locked up. That way we could have felt like we were getting uh, screwed over by the NCAA because uh, he might as well not be playing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, again, Rick Barnes' answer to losing – Four players last year was Jalen Cohn and Euros Plavsic. I'll even throw Victor Bailey in there. Like, we don't know if Victor Bailey can play or not, the guy from Oregon, and yeah. he'll be here next year. But, I mean, you knew he wasn't going to help you this year. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. you took him, and he was not helping your 2019-2020 team. And I, I have no – like, I have nothing against Victor Bailey, but, like, why did we take him? I don't know. We'll see if he can play. Like uh, we knew, we were going to need a point guard next year because you know Lamonte was going to be gone. Maybe they thought even Josiah might be gone, so maybe they were trying to plan ahead. Which I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault Barnes for planning ahead whenever we are criticizing him for not planning ahead. Previous years, you know what I mean? Like it, he he didn't really plan ahead for this season, so I'm not gonna fault him for planning ahead next year. But it does seem like that scholarship could have maybe been better used. And I don't even know if it counts for this year or whatever, but just it, I would imagine it does. But yeah, I don't know how any of that works. I don't know how any of that works. It's so confusing to me. Like, well, I would imagine Victor Bailey's here getting school paid for. Yes, yes, he is. So I'd imagine he's on scholarship and it counts. I would think so. I, how do you just not put in Euros last night and just tell him to like either you tell you tell Euros. Either you get the defensive rebound or we are sending you back to the village in Serbia where you play basketball on dirt. One take I would like to have back is that I said Uros is a uh, – he's a Serbian, 20 years old, which makes him like 30. I said he might have Serbian and old man strength. Uh, he, ha- he has neither. There is a reason that the Serbians kicked him out. He got kicked out of Serbia. He he isn't allowed to, he isn't allowed back there. You know, it's kind of it's it's the golden age of the Balkan athlete, right? We have Luka Doncic. We have Novak Djokovic. It's the golden age of the Balkan athlete and here the University of Tennessee sits, shining beacon on the hill, and their contribution to the golden age of the Balkan athlete has logged 6 minutes in the last 3 games. Are you prepared for a uh, really, really redneck take? Yes. Always. Redneck take incoming, so please uh, be on alert. Uh, only 78% mean this. I would have rather had seen all the walk-ons in last night. Yes, of course. I would have rather had seen the walk-ins in and you tell them, box out, don't give up a rebound, because I really, truly feel they would have done better job rebounding than the guys we had on scholarship last night. I realize that is about as redneck as it gets, wanting the white walk-ons to come in and try hard. But damn it, that's what I wanted last night. No, it's not like, this is like one of those things where you say something like, for instance, on, you know, a couple podcasts ago, a couple months ago, I said, you know, I bet George Corals could do as good a job as Chris Winkie. And everybody's like, oh, that's redneck. Well, yeah, it's also probably true. Because Chris Winkie ain't doing shit. Give me Blackjack. Bring in Blackjack Fletcher, who 
apparently earned that nickname just because he played blackjack with Kevin Durant. <laughs> I know. That's a did cool hear, story. Did yeah, you saw, hear that yeah. story? Yeah. He, he got a pretty cool nickname. Blackjack's a pretty cool nickname. It wasn't because he went to the casino and got really hot or anything like that. It was just he played uh, blackjack one time with Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant started calling him blackjack. Yeah, I didn't realize he was from Austin, Texas until I heard that story. And, like, Why would you realize that? Why would you know where that kid is from? Well, I just figured they were all like local Knoxville kids. Yeah, no disrespect to Black Jack Fletcher. Uh, I'm giving you a compliment, buddy. I wanted to see you guys in last night because I think you would have boxed out. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, they, they would have played their asses off. I went full redneck here. Give me, give me the walk-ons to come in and box out. Listen, if you're going to tell me that the walk-ons couldn't have done what Olivier Kamwa did last night. In eight minutes of play, he had two defensive rebounds and two personal fouls. You know what? I'm not even going to say uh, that Kamwa was a problem because apparently he had 10% of our rebounds. Jalen Johnson, in 22 minutes last night, had one defensive rebound, one assist, three blocks, four personal fouls, and three points. Jonas just called me John Cuban. <laughs> John Cuban. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Um, but I will say I am trying to put the foreign white guy on the bench. So uh, Mark Cuban would not do that. He likes his foreign white guys. I'm trying to put some foreign white guys on the bench. So we play Mississippi State Saturday on the road. They are naturally red hot. Yep, they're playing good. And Ben Howland's about to stick it into my mouth. Um. Ben Howland is telling me, open wide, buddy, because here it comes. I just want everybody to be prepared. If those dudes for Texas A&M, their front line, what they did to us last night, Reggie Perry is going to get like 20 and 20 Saturday. It's going to be ugly. He's averaging 17 and 10 right now. They're playing good, unfortunately. They, uh, that was an impressive comeback win last night. Yeah, they're balling. Mike Naturally. White still sucks, so, at least. Alabama lost tonight to LSU, but they're playing pretty well, too. I mean, like I said, Mike White still sucks, at least. At least we got that going for us. They're the same record as we are. Exactly. 12-8, and 4-3 and three in conference. Good shit, Kerry Blackshear. You know, man, Kerry, if you had come to UT, we would at least be 13-7 and seven right now because we would have won that game last night with you. So, yeah. Ah, well, enough about the basketball team. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating. Uh, quick thoughts on the, uh, the Zach Evans stuff and the Jay Graham hiring. Jay Graham made the most sense. Always nice to go get a running backs coach from a high-profile SEC team. Not only that, but I got to give him some props. Uh, Shout-out to us finally being on the right side of a coach not signing a contract, and not having a buyout. Why do these people do that? Why do these schools do this? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Jimbo looked around and said, Jay Graham, you've been with me for a while. You're not going to leave. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Apparently, Jay Graham had thought about coming back last year, and A&M had given him a title to get him to stay, and then the title didn't do anything. So I assume he's special teams coordinator at UT as well which is what he has been throughout his career at other stops, as well as running backs coach. A good hire, especially because we're trying to recruit North Carolina, and that's where he uh, recruits from. What do you make of all the Zach Evans stuff? I mean, it almost, like, I'm not saying I have any problem with them taking him. It doesn't seem worth the headache. It just doesn't seem worth it. So the latest story is what? Tennessee went to Houston and then the kid gave him the runaround. Is that like what the story is? I, yeah, but I, that's I, not true. You're saying it's – well, so I, I assume you're reading somewhere that it's not true because I, I doubt I doubt you're talking to Zach Evans. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, no, like, you know. Hubs was like, that's not true. Why would they have gone in home – on a Tuesday when he just left on a Sunday. Well, I thought the narrative was to meet the family or whatever. 
and try to lock it down before he could take another. Some of the family came to UT. Okay, okay. And I think I would guess that they are pushing him to go visit USC this weekend. Because Los Angeles is not Athens, Georgia, or Oxford, Mississippi. If you can keep him from visiting Georgia this weekend, I feel like you've pretty much got him locked up, barring Kiffin with some last-minute fireworks. But it almost just doesn't seem worth it. I mean, like LSU, Texas A&M, and Georgia have all backed off this dude. We'll see uh, how good he is when he actually plays, but I feel like we're okay at running back next year. Yeah. With Eric Gray and and Chandler, like, are we not okay at at running back next year? Like, because I feel like Ty Jordan is going to leave. Tim Jordan, I'm sorry. Tim Tim Jordan, Jordan. yeah. Well, I don't want to take Evans and all the – I'm not going to say baggage because that's not what I mean. All the – the risk of Evans not staying long, which you are deluding yourself if you think isn't there. I mean, he got kicked off his – he got suspended from his high school team, like, several times. The last he, one like, was what? Because he didn't give up his cell phone the night before a state championship game? Something like that. I mean, like, they, he didn't even play in a state championship game. Yeah, they said that uh, – the thing I read was that on the Friday night, the coaches wanted all their cell phones. That way they'd know they'd be focused on the game. They didn't want any distractions. And he told the coaches no. That's what I read coming out of like the Houston newspaper or whatever whatever was covering that game or whatever. And he basically told the coaches, no, I'm not giving you my cell phone. Which I think was like his third suspension from the team, right? I, I, I have no clue about that. I, I have no clue. I just, I just know he was suspended for a state championship game because of the cell phone. Which obviously it wouldn't surprise me if that was his you know, second or third offense. And um, all, the risk, all the risk of taking Zach Evans – and what it entails. I wouldn't want to take that risk with the chance of running Chandler off. Football's different too. Football's different too, but in basketball there's a rule Seth. You can't have two knuckleheads. And you damn sure can't have three because then they all start hanging out together. You can have one, maybe two, maybe two, but you can't have three. Uh, I just don't want to add this knucklehead in here and then have him worried. Because like, it seems like we're trying to uh, have a reclamation project with Jeremy Banks. We just need to keep this guy away from Jeremy Banks. We need to keep this guy away from Jeremy Banks. We're moving on. Zach Evans, we wish you we wish you well. I'm out on Zach Evans. I said at first I was out on Darnell Washington. I pulled the plug on him. Diva knew he was trouble. I pulled the plug on him. I'm out on him. I'm now I'm now out on Zachary Evans. Good luck at Oregon or or Ole Miss or Georgia, wherever you're going. If you're Georgia, like why do you ta- why does why is Georgia even entertaining this? I don't know. And now they're bringing in some like other in-state running back for a visit this weekend. Who's, yeah, some like four star, right? Yeah, I mean like he's highly rated, but I don't really know that anybody is after him. I just feel like if you sign with me and then say, "Hey, I want out of this," I'm just gonna say, "Cool." They let him go, John. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, just good luck. Have fun. We'll catch you later. What did he do for Georgia to be like, okay, dude, we give you a full and total free release. You can go anywhere. You can go to Tennessee. You can go to Florida. Florida's been begging him to visit. Florida was begging him to visit. So was Florida State. He chose to go to UT over both of those places for whatever reason. Like, what did he do for Georgia to just be like, okay, dude, you can go to our biggest rivals. We don't care. Who knows? Who knows? It just doesn't seem worth the headache to me. But I, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, but it's, you know, I'm not the coach. All right, let's go. And, Seth, we do have a lot of new patrons to shout out. Excellent, excellent. Congrats to you, Seth. Power move by you. You guilted old patrons to come back. And you guilted new patrons to join your call out saying that your family is struggling, saying that they abandoned us when times got tough. You know, sometimes shame is an effective tool. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. All right, let's start with uh, some new patrons. New $2 patron, Rob Leonard. Shout out to Rob. We appreciate you and we love you. 
Shout out to Rob. Rob's a good man. He's a talk sporter guy, too. So I uh, appreciate him. He listens to the radio show. New $2 patron, Aaron Trent. Shout out to Aaron. We love you and appreciate you. New $5 patron, Mikey Cobble. Shout out to Mikey. We appreciate you and we love you. Aaron Powers upped his pledge from 2 to $5. Shout out to Aaron. He's a good man. He knows that I love him. Uh, let's see. I think we got uh, Tanner. Tanner Fuller edited his pledge from 5 to $10. Shout out to Tanner. I appreciate it. We love you. This is a very important one, Seth. Actually, I'm okay. going to save this one for last. I'm going to save this one for last. Uh, new $10 patron, Brock Johnson. Shout out to Brock. We love you and appreciate you. Uh, Logan, Logie Bear, upped his pledge from 5 to $15 because he felt guilty. Um, love you, Logie. We love you, Logan, and we appreciate you. Let's see. Is that all I got? Did I say Colin Clifton? Did I say him? He went from no, 2 to didn't. 5 Okay, Colin Clifton added his pledge from 2 to 5 Shout out to Colin. We appreciate it, and we love you. We love you all. No, we got one more that's pretty important. Hayden Wallen upped his pledge from 5 to $10, and you owe Hayden Wallen an apology. Oh. You forgot his birthday. I know, Hayden, and I'm sorry. I believe it was yesterday. No, it was Sunday. Uh, it was Sunday. Two Sundays it? ago. Two Sundays ago. two Sundays ago. Okay. Titans versus Chiefs that day. Hayden, I'm sorry. Happy birthday. Um, you have my apologies. I love you, we love you, and we appreciate you. Like, what were you thinking, bro? You knew you weren't going to be able to keep up with everybody's birthday. It was a fun shtick for two months, and then you just completely forgot, and now there's so many patrons who haven't gotten their birthday shouted out after we shouted out other people's birthdays, and they just don't feel important. What were you thinking? Um, I'm thinking... The road to hell is paved with good intentions. You had good intentions, you just had poor follow-through. No, I think of what I'm doing. I don't know how how active is Hayden because what I normally do is if I see somebody that I don't think is that active. Oh wow! So now you're gonna say he's not active. Well, I, he, I don't think he post. He, had, he post, posts some. I don't think he had posted that much. It's, it's he had okay just posted. He he's helping at the radio station. He helped. He was doing voluntary action posting just like three weeks ago. He's been helping me with the basketball voluntary action show. So don't try to come on here and deflect and say he wasn't active. I don't know why I didn't then. I, I've apologized. You fucked up. I did. You fucked up. I did. I'll give you an apology a, a, a seven and a half out of ten. We are planning a uh, big baseball, a big baseball get together at Reed's Ranch for the patrons. We try to get together at least twice a year, once during football season, once another time. Uh, this year, we are this spring. We're going to do a uh, baseball game. March uh, is it 17th, 8th, no, 21st. Is it 21st? March 21st, I believe. Uh, that's a Saturday. Tennessee plays Vanderbilt. We bought two porches back-to-back, side-by-side, for the Saturday Vanderbilt game. The porch at uh, UT's baseball stadium. You could bring your own alcohol, bring your own food. I got 40 tickets. I got 40 tickets. Sign-ups are going on until the middle of February. If you're interested, if you want to join, now's the time to do it. Comment on the thread. Say you want to go. Like I said, we got 40 tickets. Uh, space is limited, so basically the highest level patrons get get uh, you know first dibs on it, or maybe we go total pledge. I haven't exactly decided yet. But um, and we're also starting to play weekly basketball, so uh, it's a good group. We hang out. We have fun in the Discord. If you support the movement, Patreon.com/slash Reeds Ranch. All right, let's get to some questions. Let's start with G-Man's. G-Man says, "Let's play devil's advocate." Can you make an argument for why JG should start over Bailey? And from that, what's the earliest you think Bailey should start if you were a head coach, assuming he wasn't significantly better in practice? Let's go first. Uh, make the case for starting Jarrett Garantano in 2020. He doesn't screw up as much as the others do. His floor is higher than the others' floor. His floor is higher than... Well, it's higher than Shrouds and Mowers. We don't know about Bailey's. That w- I mean, we don't know, but if, if that would be the only argument for me personally is that his floor is higher than Harrison Bailey's floor. Well, to me, it's pretty simple is that we don't know. It is unknown, and the, the case for starting Garantano to me is pretty easy, G-Man. It's that you feel good about this team on the offensive line. You probably feel good at running back. I know you're replacing a couple of, of, of studs, senior wide receivers, but you're probably not worried about your wide receivers either. I think you think you got some guys there that can play. Uh, the defense was top 25 in the country, correct? 
Yes. Uh, top five in some categories. So you're looking around and saying, we don't need explosive quarterback play to, to win nine or ten games. And then your second game is a road, a road game. Probably, you know, I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know if you have, Seth. I would assume we're going to be primetime. Mm-hmm. Like Tennessee's going to be in the top 25 preseason, I would say, right? In the back, the yeah. back 20s. Yeah, I would think so. Or the back, you know, the 20, 22 to 25. I would assume Tennessee's going to get primetime treatment that weekend. Again, I haven't checked to see what other games there are. And asking a true freshman to go in there and do that is just pretty damn tough. Like, there aren't many true freshmen who are good in college football at the quarterback position. Am I wrong? No, you're right. Because, I mean, like, we've gone through this. Even Trevor Lawrence didn't get to start until game five. They're, you know, Tua set out a whole year. Now, you know, those guys are sitting behind. I mean, Kelly Bryant wasn't very good, but you had one big with him. And, obviously, Jalen Hurts had, you know, done really good as a starter. But there just aren't many true freshmen that start. So if I'm Jeremy Pruitt, I'm like, I'm not going to let this guy, I'm not going to let a freshman, I'm not going to bet on him. Now, do I give him reps in game one? I pretty much try to give him reps game one no matter what to see how he could play. Now, you know, well, either way, because either you're getting, uh, either you're killing Charlotte or you're in a tight game. And if you're in a tight game against Charlotte like you were with Georgia State last year, you're going to need a different quarterback anyways, right? Like if you're not pulling the doors off Charlotte, something has gone horribly wrong. So I, I see what the guy has and maybe you try to, you know, you try to play him. But the case is you have a, a fifth year senior that's won, what, six games in a row? Seven, how many games do we won in a row? Six. He's won six games in a row. He's earned the respect of the locker room. Like, the fans were pretty split on Garantano, right, on whether or not he has your respect and you trust him. But I would say the locker room feels pretty good about him. He played through, uh, you know, a messed up wrist, a banged up wrist. He's played through injuries. They see a lot of hate, all the hate he gets. And he has everyone in the locker room's respect. You know, maybe not the freshman or whatever, but everyone else. You, you risk alienating uh, the locker room if you go with the true freshman, if he's not significantly better. Now, obviously, like G-Man said, if he's, if he's significantly better, then it's not a question. The players know who can play. Like, if they see him just if – they, if they see something really, really special with Harrison Bailey in practice, the players will see it too. But otherwise, I think you got to give the senior the, the, the first chance. You can't just name it uh, – you can't just uh, pass the baton – if he's not significantly better, because I would imagine the other juniors and seniors look around and then you're starting to worry about another youth movement and all this stuff. And, you know, we should be by that now in year three. I'm thinking, I'm hoping that by some way or the other, by the end of the fourth quarter against Oklahoma, you know one way or the other. And if you know that it ain't going to be, if you know that you're going to have to make a change, well, then right there you have two weeks before you have Florida at home. You know, I would say that's a pretty good thought. You've got two weeks, and Harrison Bailey is an early enrollee, so he's going to have more time on campus, more time in the playbook. He's just going to be better because of it, and you got two weeks to get him ready for Florida, and it sucks, but uh, yeah, I'm hoping that by, by, the, by the fourth quarter – against Oklahoma, for better or for worse, hopefully for better, because Garantano has reverted to his sophomore form, you know what the rest of the season is going to hold, assuming he stays healthy. That's a pretty good line of thinking. You should know either way. Either we go to Oklahoma and win, or we you know play good and the quarterback's solid, solid to good, and you feel you have some confidence in him. Or you go there and Garantano isn't ready and it's time to uh, try to salvage the season, try to uh, spark the team and you know, win in the SEC. Figure it out before you get into conference play. Because, let's face it, Jeremy Pruitt... Uh, let me I don't want to say he can't because he can, but uh, Jeremy Pruitt better not lose to Florida this year. Oh, buddy. Like, I mean... Well, I'm just, I, I, I'm just saying, like, I mean, you laugh because you think, you know, like, ha, 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 you know, Florida, we're not going to win, blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, like, that's going to ruin a lot 
Seth, if he loses to Florida again at home? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this before. We said, you know, a, a while back, we said, look, we're asking you to win. you got to win one of the four. You have to. If you can't bat 250. Yeah, and in this equation, we have obviously already taken a loss to Oklahoma. And like we're when we said going when we said you had to go you had to win one out of the four this year we didn't know about Cade Mays we didn't know Trey Smith was going to be awesome and going to be coming back and we didn't know Eric Gray was going to be as good as he is so we've added a five star offensive lineman a freshman All American um, to be our right guard our Fifth-year senior offensive center got an extra year of eligibility, decided to come back, and the best offensive guard in the SEC and perhaps the nation decided to come back for his senior year. Jeremy Pruitt has to win one out of the four. You're not even asking him to win two out of the four. You got two at home, and you got two on the road. And none of the four teams are Clemson, or the Alabama of a couple years ago. I mean, we don't know anything about what Alabama's going to have at quarterback. And it's at home. Florida isn't an Urban Meyer or Steve Spurrier team. I like Dan Mullen a lot and think he's great, but they're not just like oozing with just NFL talent all over the place. Georgia has Jamie Newman. And then Oklahoma, we don't really know what Oklahoma has. We know they have a terrible defense, and they lost their best. They lost the one good player they had on that defense. Of the big, of the uh, quote unquote big four, which is the most likely, in your opinion, that Tennessee wins next year, or this year? I guess we're in January now. This year, Georgia. Really? Yep. On the road. On the road. Yep. Okay. Georgia. Georgia has never phased Tennessee. Like, you know how sometimes a lot there's of no times— mental, There's no mental edge there. You, you know, I mean, like, we all know that a lot of times when we've played Florida, the game has been over before the ball was ever kicked off. Mm-hmm. It's never been like that with Georgia. It's never been like that. And, I mean, yeah, they're going to have a good defense. Who, who gives a shit? They ha- they're not going to have a good offense. I'm not buying into Jamie Newman. Bob McRib— A gentleman and a scholar said earlier today on the Discord that if he had Jamie Newman's stock, he would be selling it right now, and I agree. And so would Dave Ramsey. Sell that stock. I'm not buying Jamie Newman. I'm selling. And I'm buying a UT win between the hedges on November the 14th. Okay. I watched watched Jamie Newman, you know, more times than I would like to admit against Wake Forest, or as he played for Wake Forest. (laughs) I'm not seeing the hype with him. Like, I, I I, think Georgia probably regrets taking him so early because there was other better grad transfers. Like, I think they would be better off with Peyton Ramsey than Jamie yeah, the, Newman. One of the biggest surprises of my week thus far was when you posted in the Discord, you watched a lot of Wake Forest football games. And I just they wanted had to couple, give you a hug, and I just wanted to be like, why? They had a couple of, like, primetime only games i don't know if you remember that on a thursday night they played oh, yeah, uh mac brown they played mac brown that was the infamous wake forest north carolina game that was not a conference game oh was it okay yeah that was not a conference game that was just to renew the decades old wake forest north carolina game that expansion had cut out so they got to play each other again and have it not count towards the conference schedule and then I watched their bowl game, and then there was a couple more I watched. Uh, you know, not the whole game of, but I watched pretty much all that North Carolina and uh, bowl game. And Jamie Newman, not good. Who did they play in the bowl? Uh, who was it? Well, if you wouldn't ask me, I could have told you. I don't know. I'll I'll look it up. Yeah, I, I'm I'm selling. Um. Jamie Newman. I'm selling it. They played Michigan State and lost. Okay. Yeah. They couldn't. Yeah. They scored, uh, I want to say, 24 points in the first half and then got shut out the entire second half. Is that right? They scored 21 in the first half. 21 in the first half? half. Okay. Okay. They lost lost a big, big Mark D'Antonio. They got shut out in the second half. So, the last impression I have of Jamie Newman is not good. 
I, I don't even understand, like, why Why did he transfer? They went 8-4 and four this year. Well, I don't blame him for transferring because, I mean, he could he, he's going to be the starting quarterback of Georgia. I mean, would you rather be the starting quarterback of Georgia or Wake Forest? That's true, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. When I saw his name in the transfer portal, I was surprised because I'm like, I don't think he's going to get anywhere much better than that. Little did I know he was going to be the starting quarterback of Georgia, a top six preseason team. Why did Peyton Ramsey enter the transfer portal? Because he's not going to start over Michael Penix? I guess so. I guess. When I clicked on the replies, everyone was just saying Penix time. So, Okay. Micah asks, how many national titles and in which sports would it take you to eat the bat soup? Um, I'll answer first. I'm not eating the bat soup for any I, national titles. I cannot eat the bat soup. I'm not eating the bat soups for anything less than a million dollars. Like cash. And none of that tax bullshit. Yeah, it has to be no tax. No tax. It, it, it has to be. Um, national titles. Micah, zero. Zero. I, I love sports, but I'm not eating bat soup for a national title. I, I don't need one that bad. Now, if you guaranteed me we would, like, win every game in football, I could have some fun with, like, bringing back the ranch videos with no fear of losing. I could make a lot of money gambling, but, like, no, 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 no national titles. Absolutely not. You know, the thing is, is, like, I, I'm not saying I find bats appealing because I don't, but some of these other animals that they've talked about eating gross me out more than the bat soup. Like wolf pups and rats and just Ugh. yeah yeah wolf pups dude they are out here eating wolf pups so wolf pups was the worst one no i mean there were some others the civet cat is pretty bad c-i-v-e-t it looks like a hyena in the face i mean it looks like a raccoon in the face and a hyena on the back end no, uh, um, it's an it's a ugly animal. It is a nocturnal feline. It's a nocturnal cat in like a, in like Asia in Africa, I believe. It's what started SARS. SARS went from the civet cat to the bat to the human. I'm sorry, from the bat to the civet cat to the human. Um, wolf pups. They were eating. Um, some kind of um rat. Um, I'm I'm over it. Like I don't need to hear more about it. It's gross enough. It's pretty bad. Your point is your point is taken. Your point is taken. Yeah. So no, I'm not eating bat soup for national titles. Uh, T full asked, would you eat full mice to live? Yeah, I would eat mice to live. I mean, if it's either eat them or die, yeah, I'll eat them. I'll eat the bat soup to live probably. Like if it's like, hey, I'm gonna, you're gonna die, or you have to eat this. I would. Would you eat it every day? I don't. I think I would just die. I'm good. <laughs> like if if you tell me I just have to eat one thing of bat soup to live, I'll say okay. But if it's like this is all the, if someone tells you that you can only eat bat soup the rest of your life, that's it. I think I would just say, just kill me. I truly think I would just kill me. I would be looking like Christian Bale in The Machinist if they told me that I had to eat bat soup yeah. every day. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll ride it out. We will uh, try to find. Uh, can we drink milk? I'll just drink milk. I will, I will survive strictly <laughs> off milk. Oh man! I will take my chances. I'll get me a nice uh, Jersey dairy cow, and I'll just suck from the teat of a of a cow. Oh man! Or wait, I guess I could just buy milk. I guess I could do that. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> Brizzy Vol, my man, is back as a patron. He wants to know, uh, are we willing to sacrifice the basketball team back to the Jerry Green years if it means football returns to the same form from 97 to 2001? I don't know, and I hate this question because they both ought to be good, and it doesn't take anything for basketball to be good. Correct me if I'm wrong. I we went to a Sweet 16 in okay. that era. Yeah, I was going to say, the Jerry Green years don't seem so bad. Like, I mean, I, I haven't gone back and looked to see, like, what they were. But from a childhood, I remember we won the SEC. We 
Went Beat to the Rip Sweet Hamilton 16. in the round of 32 the year after they won the national title and went to the Sweet 16. I do remember we choked to North Carolina in the Sweet 16. Yes, bad. I think I think a lot of people's issues with those teams is that they were probably the most talented team we ever had. And they just always kind of underachieved. And they just choked. And Jerry, um, Green, was, Jerry Green was kind of a dick, right? No? I, I didn't. I don't know. I don't know. I, mean, I know Kevin O'Neill was. Kevin O'Neill was. I mean, I mean, we went twenty and nine, twenty one and nine, twenty six and seven, and twenty two, twenty two and eleven under Jerry Green. You made the tournament all all four years. You won the regular season championship, uh, in you know, in ninety nine and two thousand. Yeah, hell yeah, I'll take that. You got up to as far as eleventh. You got you got up as far as fifth in the country in two thousand nine, or excuse me, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that for sure. To go back to being really really good at football, that seems like a a pretty good trade off. Like I would almost, if you could just tell me we could lock in that for our basketball team now. I don't think Rick Barnes is going to do much better than that over the next couple of years. Do you have a lot of confidence that Rick Barnes is going to do better than that? I mean, we're not going to go twenty and nine this year. I I know we have high expectations for next year, but you know that might just be a one year thing. We might go from one year and then those guys are all gone and we're back to looking around at each other. Yeah, that's uh, pretty easy for me. Lock that one in, Brizzy. Give it to me. Uh, the game that I remember so vividly from the Jerry Green era is not the Sweet Sixteen. It is the year before when we were the, I don't even know what seed we were. We lost to Missouri State by 30 oh, wow. in the second round. Um, so we you remember were, watching that as a kid? Cause yes. I got to be honest. I got to be honest. Uh, I didn't, you know, I, I wasn't very tuned into the basketball program when I was younger. I would watch like all the ESPN games uh, for, for Tennessee basketball. And I remember a Florida road game pretty vividly. But I, the tournament, I, I kind of blocked out the NCAA tournament until like 2003, honestly. I do remember watching the UNC game, but I was at a friend's house like for a sleepover, and it was just on late at, late at night. Yeah, my dad, growing up, my dad liked, my dad likes basketball more than football. I've always liked football more than basketball, but my dad likes basketball more than football. So growing up, we would always either listen on the radio to the Tennessee game or watch it if it was on. Um, but yes, I remember vividly being just distraught. Like I was just like, what the hell is going on? We're getting just ass hammered by Missouri state. Like they obviously upset somebody in the first round and we were going to get to go to the sweet 16 and then we got beat by 30. Mm. They beat Wisconsin in the first round. It was kind of like whenever, uh, Georgetown got, got beat. Yep, they beat Wisconsin in the first round. Who did we have to beat that year to get to the Sweet 16? Ohio. Uh, yeah, yeah. They beat Wisconsin in the first round, 43 to 32, <laughs> and then they beat Tennessee, uh, 81 to 51. Yeah, that would be pretty. Uh, that would be pretty devastating. Maybe the uh, the Jerry uh, era isn't so good, but uh, you're not terrible. Tennessee was a four seed that year. They were a four seed when they made the Sweet 16, I believe. Um, I think his last year they were like an eight or a nine seed when they lost to Charlotte in the first round, a game that I also vividly remember because I started violently vomiting at school and got to come home early, and I was happy because that meant I got to watch the basketball game. Did you fake and, throw up or were you actually No, I was up? violently ill, and then we lost to Charlotte in the 8-9 game. I do remember being mad about that season because we got up to being top five in the nation – and then we ended up, we just collapsed. At one point, we lost five straight games of SEC play mm. and got like the eight or nine seed and lost to Charlotte. You're making it sound bad, but I'm still going to lock it in. Well, it was back-to-back years as a four seed. And I would love to have us a point guard like, um, oh, shit, I just went blank on his name. Tony Harris? Tony Harris, yeah, I just went blank. Yeah, it would be awesome. I'd like to have Tony Harris back. Like Ramar Smith, Ramar Smith took Tony Harris to another level type of thing. Let's find, let's just stick, let's get to Tony Harris and stop. 
Zach asked me, FMK, Seinfeld, Friends, or The Office. Um, I'm not doing anything romantic to any of those TV shows. There'll be no marrying or killing or fornicating. Um, which one would you eliminate of the three? I know you don't have an answer, Seth, so don't worry about it. Um, I mean, Friends is the worst TV show of the three, for sure. But I feel like you sometimes got to know about it for references. Like they they do have a big fan base. Like I feel like I, it, it was kind of a real big cultural phenomenon. The Office wasn't that. The Office got more famous after it was over, type of thing. Seinfeld was huge, but could I eliminate Seinfeld from my life and just get by with Curb Your Enthusiasm? Probably. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Moving on. Um, you see any other questions as I scroll down? Slim wants to know what's Tennessee rec Tennessee's record if uh, Jordan Bone had stayed. Three, three, four more wins, don't you think? You wouldn't have lost to Cincinnati, probably. You wouldn't have lost to Cincinnati. You honestly probably wouldn't have lost to Florida State, just the way the game played out. Yeah. Like, just, I mean, if you if you had to start the game over and, you know, Florida State played better or whatever, that might change my answer. But the way Florida State was playing that game, Tennessee would have won if they had a point guard that could sh shoot and not turn the ball over. I think you're right. You'd probably win four more games. You wouldn't have lost to Texas A&M. That's for sure. How bad did we lose to Memphis? We like seven, I think, but like we were up at halftime, or we were it was it was basically tied at halftime. They might have been up like one or two, but maybe really just four. We really should have blown them out. We had them. We on would the have ropes. beat. We would have beaten Memphis with Jordan Bone. We had them on the ropes early in that first half, and then just started turning the ball over and couldn't score. They beat us fifty-one to forty-seven. Jesus, forty-seven points. We would have beaten Memphis with Jordan Bone. Yeah, so that's fun. Uh, Brisket wants to know, what are your thoughts on the new Fast 9 teaser? Did you watch it? Did you watch yes, it? Yes, I did. It was very quaint. I mean, look at Dom settling into the domestic. <laughs> I, I need to know how the hell he became a farmer. <laughs> like, I, 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 is that just them saying he's off the grid? Like, are they just saying, like, hey, he has a, he lives a quiet family life and he is off the grid now and he's just yeah. got him a shack and some land? Yeah, basically. Did does he did he have to be outside working on a tractor though? Like could they could have conveyed? Well, he's a good mechanic. He's a good mechanic. He's got some land. He's a good mechanic. Maybe he just likes tinkering around on a John Deere. I'm trying to think on whether or not just anybody who can work on a car can also work on a tractor. Probably not. I don't think anybody could, but Dom probably could because I mean he Dom did own he, could, he yeah. did own a garage. Yeah, Sling Blade could. Yeah. I don't know if he could, could he do the big tractors or just the lawnmowers. He was really good at the lawnmowers. Sling Blade was, a, was uh, an expert on small engines. Right, so the I, tractor has a big engine. But yeah. also, all Sling Blade fixed was they were out of gas. You know, like it wasn't it, nothing was actually <laughs> wrong with the mower. He just knew, ain't no gas in it. <laughs> that guy was so impressed that he, he thought to check the gas. Oh, man. Ain't no gas in it. Man. So I need to know how Dom Toretto became an expert mechanic on tractors. I mean, the guy who would work on our tractors on the farm, he would sometimes do small stuff to fix our cars, but I don't think he would do anything big. So I don't know if there's a complete crossover or not. I don't think there is. But Dom could do it. Dom could do but it. But Dom could, yeah. We, uh, we watched four Fast and Furious movies this weekend. <laughs> nice. I watched Fast Five. And then the first three. I got to say, I got to say, uh, Tokyo Drift, underrated. It's not that bad, really. I mean. Once you get past the idea that the, well, I mean, I just remember at the time I was mad because the main people weren't in it. And it felt like they were just trying to cash in, you know, off the name and racing. Once you get past the the country ass accent from the Sling Blade Kid, did you, you you realize that was a Sling Blade Kid, yeah, right? Luke, okay. Lucas Black, yeah, is his name, yeah. I believe. Because it was, it kept making me laugh whenever I was watching, just thinking about his little ass hanging out with Carl. 
and how much yeah. better the mo- how much better the movie would have been had it been the same kid. <laughs> they should have just made it that it's like Carl grown up, or uh, not Carl, but uh, the kid grown up. Oh, that'd be so good. That'd have been so much better. Bow Wow sucks in it, but otherwise it's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm ready for the full trailer Friday, though. Yes. Are you nervous about John Cena being in the movie? No. I, I trust I trust the creative minds. The creative minds behind this franchise is, you can only describe it as an absolute tour de force. They never mess up. There's been no missteps. So I trust them um, fully. And whatever, and whatever decision they make, Same I gotta say, I, I gotta say, Too Fast, Too Furious was a little bit of a misstep. <laughs> Watching that one, it felt like a misstep. The 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 climax of the movie, they they jump onto a boat a good hundred yards away. That felt like a misstep, even when I was watching it back, knowing knowing like what what the franchise progressed to. That still felt like the most unrealistic thing of the franchise. <laughs> like knowing that they ended up in Russia with submarines and the rock gets out of his car and grabs a grabs a missile and slings it the other way like even knowing that happens and I'm not even talking about Hobbs and Shaw when those guys are running down the side of a building it still felt like the too fast too furious moment where they jump off the boat or they jump they 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 do some dukes of hazard shit and land on a boat that seems a little little far fetched That was a little bit of a misstep, got to say. <laughs> and the fact that the uh, police chief from the first one comes down to Miami for the second one and he still wants to work with Brian, even though Brian let Dom leave at the end of the first one, kind of seems a little far-fetched. A little bit of a plot hole. Yeah, like I, I feel like if they know for sure that uh, Brian just left, let Dom go and turned, like they wouldn't have been like, hey, we need you to do this for us. Probably not. <sighs> Anything else? <laughs> it was a pleasure as always. Last one. I forgot. I got to check Twitter. Uh, Doug. Doug wanted to get his question answered. Patron Doug. Uh, he wants to know, is there any, with no consideration for what team's involved, at what side would you most want to attend a Super Bowl? Is there even a venue for you, Seth, that you would want to go to a Super Bowl? I don't have a particular venue, no. I think going to it and like, at Jerry World would be cool. See, I'm the opposite. I don't really want to go anywhere. Um, the Super Bowl doesn't seem cool to me. I Like, it seems like I know that if I went to the Super Bowl, I'd be a nervous wreck, like being in that crowd. Yeah, see, I, I feel like it wouldn't be a fun football game. I think there's just so much corporate money there. It'd feel weird. Yeah. There'd be like a third of the crowd was fans of one team. A third of the fans were the, a fan of the other team. And then, like, another third is just, like, there to be there type of thing. Miami would have been fun, but I'll say uh, Las Vegas when they go to Las Vegas in a couple years. I think a Super Bowl in Las Vegas would be pretty cool. The um, the NFL draft is... That's in Las Vegas, yeah. Yeah. On the, in front of the Bellagio Towers. Or not the towers, that, the Bellagio. That looks uh, like quite fountain. an event. It looks like quite an event. You're yawning. Am I boring you? No, I'm just tired, man. All right, let's go. See you later. I love you, buddy. See you later. <laughs> Sorry to bore you. My bad. Got us on the run. All y'all knowing that we on the roll and that the tape is done. I'm whipping something foreign with expired tags. Signing on the dotted line, whatever's gonna get the bag. The little man, short sighted, my decision's bad. Just cause I'm the funny guy does not mean that I'm calling back. So quick, we be working both ends. We put this in motion, we just dipped our toes in like whoops. Man, I tell a broke chick, if you wanna get in tune, better change your whole pitch like yeah. So quick, we been working both ends, we put this in motion, we just tipped our toes in like whoa. Yeah, man, tell that broke chick. Oh, what it's us again, she can't mess with me, so she get with my friends. I can't get pulled over on the road, cause I got contraband. My whip be creeping on the 10, I'm feeling weird again. They say Cody, grow up, I said, nah, I'm going Peter Pan. Uh, bank account.
town look like some Cheerios. You can't see us cause we flying low. Ain't nothing about it predisposed. But the stuff we make our legs and take out like a runny nose. So quick, we be working both ends. We put this in motion. We just dipped our toes in like woes. Man, I tell a broke chick, if you wanna get in tune, better change your whole pitch like yeah. So quick, we been working both ends, we put this in motion, we just tipped our toes in like whoa. Yeah, man, tell that broke chick, we moving fast. Y'all don't even know my race, and we know you Microsoft, but we call you Billy Gates. I'm gaining weight, we cooking as of late, got no taste for being broke, so we ain't taking any breaks. Man, you talking all cap, we just stick to low key, call me Thor, cause you want my heavy hammer low key. And we bagging up the I'm a main line baby cause she tryna OD So quick, we be working both ends We put this in motion, we just tipped our toes in like woes Man, I tell a broke chick, if you wanna get in tune Better change your whole pitch like yeah. So quick, we be working both ends We put this in motion, we just tipped our toes in like woes Yeah, man, I tell that broke chick If you wanna get in tune, better change your whole pitch If you wanna get in tune, better change your whole pitch Like tell that broke chick, tell that, tell that if you wanna get a tune, better change your whole pitch like Man, tell that broke chick